Okay. The recording has started, and I hope you hear me. I think I messed up a little bit when I when I turned on all of our little uh, bells and whistles. So today it, we are doing the second half of Chapter 1 of Tanya. A lot to do, and we will go just touch on some of the many ideas here. The Rebbe begins by saying... So how do we deal with what seems on the surface to be that a tzaddik is more good, Russia is a person who's more bad? And the Rebbe said, and again, this is one level of meaning. When we reach chapter 13, we'll see a much deeper understanding of it. But on the surface, we can say that we are borrowing the term tzaddik, Russia, benoni, borrowing them in terms of reward and punishment. If you're judged, all right, this one's more good, Tzadik, less, more bad, Russia. But those are only borrowed terms, what we call Shem HaMushal. If we're looking at Shem HaToyer, if we're looking at the essence description, a Tzadik is completely devoid, completely empty of any evil, which is actually what the Gemara means by saying Tzadik Yetzer Toif Shoiftan. The Tzadik, his good inclination judges him. That's all he has. He's not contesting with a bad inclination. He's not struggling. That's all there is. One sole voice of good in him. Just as David HaMelech said, we see this again, in Nigla, in Tehillim, my heart is empty inside of me. It's empty because I'm missing something. Because that piece of evil that's generally in man's heart was removed from the tzaddik. Then the Rebbe goes into a tremendous chiddush, in a sense, the essence chiddush of the parak which is, let me introduce you to yourself. You have two souls. Instead of the classical, erroneous idea of, I, I have a soul, which has two natures, Yetzir Toiv, Yetzir a good nature, a bad nature, sometimes a good nature wins, sometimes a bad nature wins. So then in essence, what am I? I don't know, I'm me, sometimes good, sometimes bad, depending on which of my natures is winning. The Rebbe says, no, 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 you have two souls. What's your identity? You are a piece of God. Your identity is you are a godly soul. And to this godly soul, you were given an animal soul. You were given a body as an appendage. You were given an animal soul. But you, you're a godly soul. Totally separate and distinct from any mess-ups that might happen because of your animal soul. So why did God give me a godly, an animal soul if I'm a piece of God? For me to refine my body and my animal soul are my ultimate mission to refine in this world, for, to create the challenges that I develop enormous muscles in overcoming, and for me ultimately to use that animal soul with all of her animal energies, which is actually more energetic than my man-like godly soul energies, to use them all to serve Hashem. So my animal soul is for me to help me, but it's not me. Ultimately, me, the I of every one of us, is the godly soul. And the fact that I have two souls means no matter what happens, that godly soul is intact, that godly soul is perfect, that godly soul is never tarnished. It's a piece literally of Hashem himself. And then the Rebbe starts discussing the idea of this animal soul, and he speaks of her makeup. And he speaks of the idea of four elements, fire, earth, wind, and water. Fire, earth, wind, and water are the essence building blocks of our physical world, and they are representationally of our spiritual world. In the godly side, in our godly soul, a composite of godly fire, earth, wind, water, and in our animal soul, 
a composite of, in the animal direction, fire, earth, wind, and water, negative manifestation of fire, anger, pride, wind, making a lot of noise, enjoying the sound of your own voice, boasting, etc. Water, indulgence, going down to that which is below you, and the worst of all, earth, stationary, when you're stuck. Sadness, depression, laziness. These are all the negative manifestations of fire, earth, wind, water. We have them in our godly soul as well, and there's the godly fire and the godly earth and the godly wind and the godly water. And all these together comprise our own personal composition of godly and our own personal composition of animal. It does not have to be balanced, meaning if the in the side of animal, water is indulgence. In the side of godly, water is negation of self. It's not like if a person is very into their indulgences, they're also very into negating themselves. Each soul has its own separate, unique composition of fire, earth, wind, and water. And then the Rebbe says, but you know what, this animal soul, even though we're saying it has this klipa, this shell, which blocks the godliness from shining through, but in the animal soul of a Jew, it's klipas noiga. It's a shell which is where the shine is apparent, where the godliness within the shell, the husk, the overlay, can still be seen. And that's why even though our animal soul presents us with lots of challenges, but our animal soul also gives us natural good because the shine can come through that klipa, that husk. And therefore, the Rebbe says, it says in the Talmud, every Jew naturally is compassionate. Every Jew naturally likes to do acts of kindness. If I can guarantee that from every Jew, it can't be coming from my godly soul because we don't always listen to our godly soul. It's not. It's coming from the animal soul of a Jew which again is a spiritual makeup of klipas noiga, a level of klipa. Klipa means a barrier, a husk, a shell, a blockage to godliness. But klipas noiga, a blockage which is noga, where there's a shine of godly light that can still penetrate. Anything in our world that comes from klipas noiga means I can access its godly energies. I can move it to Kedusha. Kedusha, completely godly. Kalifas Timaeus, I can't touch it. Kalifas Noiga, permissible. And if I use it directly with a mitzvah or in any of the ways in which I serve God in my life, I'm moving that Kalifas Noiga to Kedusha. And that's really my mission in this world. The most important piece of Kalifas Noiga I'm responsible for is my body, Kalifas Noiga, my animal soul, Kalifas Noiga. All of the permissible in the world, Kalifas Noiga. Anything that's forbidden, all the 365 prohibitions and the thousands and thousands and thousands the rabbis added, Klippas Timaeus, don't touch them. The godliness is not accessible by you. Don't go there. Klippas Naiga, you can access that godliness, use it, and bring it up to Kedusha. The last idea today, the last idea of the chapter, is a contrast to the non-Jews whose makeup is Klippas Timaeus. And that's why even their kindness is coming from a place of Klippa. We want them to be kind. We appreciate that they're kind. But it's not coming from Kedusha. They're not Kedusha. It's not coming from Klippas Naiga. They're not Klippas Naiga. It's coming from Klippas Timaeus. And that was, in brief, the Tanya of today. We should continue learning the Hasidus as we watch the additional growth of the lights of our Menorah and the light of Hasidus shining. Frey